Hello and welcome to Newspeak, the New Culture Forum's weekly look at the news agenda, as you know by now. I'm very, very pleased that we have our senior fellows here, Rafe Hadelman-Ku, historian, world commentator, and Dr. Philip Gisley, historian, cultural historian, sorry, from Leeds University. Um, we're going to look this week because it's kind of, well, it's quite a, uh, um, a memorable anniversary this week. I would say for the very most important reason, being that it was a year ago yesterday, uh, the 8th of September, that uh, the late Queen died. Mm. And uh, we want to look and see how King Charles uh, has been doing. And also, a few days before that, you might remember, the very last picture of the Queen was with Liz Truss. Mm. Uh, so it was in fact a year ago that we had the, well, she wasn't exactly the nine days Queen, but getting you know, near to it, 40 days or something, as Prime Minister. Um, but before that, I just want, we want to discuss um, the last night of the proms, which is happening tonight. I don't know whether any of you are going to be watching it tonight, uh, but it's become a bit of a flashpoint in a way, hasn't it, with the culture wars. I remember you know, a couple of years ago when they were thinking of sort of downplaying the patriotic element, um, there was a big public outcry and indeed they reinstated it. But here we are again and they're trying again. Rafe, um, you talked about this, didn't you, this week on GB News. What exactly are they proposing with the last night this time? Well, this is because one of the soloists at this performance uh, is the cellist who played for the uh, for the royal family at the last royal wedding. Oh, yes, yeah. And uh, this royal cellist has said that um, he doesn't understand why people are get uh, regard Royal Britannia as being so important and he'd rather see it replaced by English folk songs and this in turn has led the usual suspects to their then call for the removal of Royal Britannia, land of hope and glory as they are allegedly redolent of uh, imperialism and slavery and of course it's all a complete, a complete nonsense for a start but you know I'm just sick to death of this constant introspection that we get, this constant self-loathing, wearing of hair shirts um, you know, the BBC learned the hard way, I think, in 2020, as you said, when they tried to ban it, there was such a backlash. And then when they did broadcast it, albeit with the, with, with, with the, uh, with, with the, the two songs, 40% decline in viewership, 1.4 million fewer people wanted, yeah. to, wanted really? to watch it, which shows you how passionate people are about these things. Not just watching on television, of course, but there are big screens set up across the length and breadth of this country. You know, the BBC may hate patriotism, but the great British uh, license fee payer are the ones who are funding the BBC and they want to watch it. Can you explain, with Royal Britannia, why it is not what they think it is? Well, Rue Britannia is, is a, uh, a, a song written for the mask of Alfred the Great. So mm. it was composed in 1740 yeah. for Frederick, Prince of Wales, but celebrating the life of King Alfred the Great, who was in the ninth century, long time before we had the mm. British Empire. But actually, the lyrics are all about British liberty. Mm. And whilst it was about King Alfred's reign, there were hidden messages there about contemporary British and European society of the mid-18th century. And when they say Britain, Britain never will be slaves mm. they're saying we're not going to be like the pe poor people in Europe who've been under the jackboot of the Bourbons of the Habsburgs of Tsarist Russia mm. nobody in that era was looking at things through the prism of race mm. colonialism was, wasn't something that anybody actually really knew about in 1740s Britain because we just had really the new world uh, that we didn't go into in exploring into Africa and so forth so to try to equate the two is completely ludicrous you're either historical
historically ignorant and stupid, or you are a d deluded race activist who sees everything f through the prism of race, including mm. you know when you pour your milk on your cornflakes in the morning, I'm so pretty sure. Do you still, or did you ever watch last night at the Ponds? I did. I wasn't, a, I wasn't an avid watcher, but um, bearing in mind what this cellist has said, um, I, I just, I, I, won't be, I won't be bothering with it this time. I, I just feel that we're listening to the wrong people. Uh, we're, we're, we're listening to people who, who just have no qualification whatsoever to talk about our culture, to talk about um, politics, to talk about society, to talk about any of those things. This is a cellist. This is a 25-year-old. We, we, we shouldn't be listening to either pop stars, actors. We shouldn't be thinking about these big issues, and we shouldn't be listening to what, what these people say. Um, but I'm just so um, depressed actually by all of the narratives that surround this fantastic event now mm. um and it isn't it isn't what it was i think the last time i, I watched it i watched it with you i think last year mm. um and i thought it was wonderful but it was spoiled so much by all of the eu flags mm. for example mm. Mm. but mm. It, it's just another one of those things for me that it's another part of the culture that is just completely sullied by stupidity and we allow these people to say these stupid things and other than places like this certainly uh, on the BBC and, and the, the terrestrial channels there is no pushback because they completely agree with it and mm. I just I, it, it feels as though the whole thing's over in lots of ways but it also shows yeah. you the problem of our education system because I don't know about <coughs> you chats but I remember singing all of these songs mm. at mm. school particularly on prize giving day and so forth you'd sing mm. Land of Hope and Glory and mm. even in North America it's a graduation you graduate to, to that mm. melody but what this cellist said was he doesn't understand why it's so important to people meanwhile he's going to be performing he's half Welsh half Sierra Leone that's going to say yes and he's performing a piece from Sierra Leone saying how special it was to him. I thought, well, if you can appreciate that being special, why can't you understand why the great but, British public regard Rule Britannia and Anna Gloria as special? But he was talking about, he was talking about uh, British folk songs, wasn't he? And he was saying, well, there are Scottish folk songs and there are Welsh folk songs. We could, we could sing either one of those. You know, nothing English. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's pure narcissism. It's, mm. who am I? How can this relate to me? Um, and, and we'll do what I want to do. And all of these people living in these little identitarian silos do the same thing all the mm. time. And this idea of inclusion always revolves around a particular kind of exclusion, doesn't it? And we're excluding mm. the, the, you know, the dominant culture. Yes, I, I, I know. It's, I don't. I won't watch tonight. I mean. Not, but isn't that isn't that a terrible thing? Okay, well, and of the three terrible, of us, two terrible. of us are not going to watch it. I've been it. to it twice. Yeah. You know, I've been to. I remember nineteen seventies, nineteen seventy nine, and then this century. God, <laughs> century, um, yeah, this century, um, and it was still kind of like the same thing. It was always a slight, a slight kind of wink going on. It was mm. always slightly ironic. I was it ironic, but you know what? But I it mean? was fun-loving. No it was eccentric. No it was yeah. uniquely yeah. quirky yeah. and uniquely yeah. British. Yeah. But like, <clears> it's, it's <throat> like so many things. It's now you have been forced to take uh, to take a position. Mm. So you can't be fun-loving about mm. it. You've got to be deadly serious about it. Yeah, now. I, I just I resent the fact that we have to listen to these people and they are presented as an authority. So, for example, this um, young kid said. Well, there might not be anything inherently wrong in flag waving, 
uh, what do you know? Yes, really. Exactly. What yeah. do you know? How, yeah. how can you even begin to talk about that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. you know? But of course, we say, how do they get away? It's because the people that write articles about them, or commission them, or ask them to do various things, basically are sort of, you know, pandering, mm. and 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 basically they are, you know, uh, concerned to be, mm. you know, thinking the right thing. You know, um, also, also the level of ignorance, you know, when I was preparing for the GB News interview I did, I read a few articles written about um, the last time Robertanian was, was an issue. And the music critics from the, from the Guardian and the Times were just pig ignorant about the history of this mm -hmm. tune, equating it, trying to, trying to suggest that it was somehow supporting slavery by saying Britons will never be slaves, and all mm -hmm. that nonsense, but also dismissing it as a bad piece of music mm -hmm. when Beethoven <coughs> and Wagner have both incorporated mm -hmm. in the tune into their own works, as well as Edward Elgar. And I'm terribly sorry, I think I'll take a Beethoven and Elgar over a columnist in the Times, you know, but it's yeah. just this agenda driven that blinds them to to the truth and, and again it's this really embarrassing thing about this fetishization of youth it's because mm. this young, the, is, 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 is a young person is of mixed heritage it's almost as though we have to take those things and 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 they're a, you yeah. know they're in place of knowledge and yeah. it's also this idea now that he has to pl play a piece of music from Sierra Leone and in the debate that I had with this music diversity person who's specialist consults in music diversity, that you have to actually reduce the white colonial inheritance of yeah. classical music by allowing them to play black music. I thought, excuse me, you know, you don't have Asians demanding this, and yet there are so many Chinese and Japanese people who are amongst the finest classical musicians in our culture. It's so patronizing to assume that a black person can't appreciate classical music. But it's completely ironic. It's not black, as well. you know, Jesse, Jesse Norman, the, the greatest African American opera singer yeah. loved to sing Rule Britannia at the uh, last yes. night of the proms. Absolutely yeah. glorious. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a, you know, it, it, it's so ironic, isn't it? Because I will be completely nationalistic and patriotic for everywhere else apart from here. And, and that's the agenda. But that, but, well, yes. And that's been the kind of ideology, actually, mm. for a long, long time. Um, while we're on the subject of patriotism, or at least, you know, national identity, it is a year, it's a year now since we've had King Charles III. Mm. How's it going? It's, we're lurching from one ridiculous crisis to another, and we aren't even managing them, let alone dealing with them. You're talking about? I'm talking about the culture in general, you know. Right, right. Um, it, it feels as though um, it's a year, my God, it feels, in lots of ways, it feels like about 10 years ago. Yes, yeah. It feels like a different yeah. era. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm supportive of, of King Charles because he's a symbol of continuity, um, because he's a member of our royal family and, and what he is, but certainly not who he is and, and what he represents in terms, of his, in terms of his thoughts, his agendas and his politics. I mean, I, 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 I have to say, I think it's been averagely okay. I mean, um, when you look at the polls, which I know that you do a lot, um, there has there's a big generational gap that's opened mm. up in the Massachusetts the royal family. Yes, but nothing has changed uh, between the end of Her Majesty's reign mm. and the start and the start of the King's reign. I'd say the King has had a very good year actually. 
He's actually had more official engagements than the Queen had in her first year as, as Queen. He's gone to all parts of the, of, of the Kingdom to ensure people realise he's as much King of Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland as he, as he is of England. And he has proven to the public that he is able to bite his tongue. He, he can mm. wind in mm. his campaigning. So yeah. that was a great, it wasn't, I was never worried about it, but many people thought he would be a campaigning king. He hasn't shown any of that at all. Uh, we know that he's surprised at how much work there is being king, which I found interesting that uh, he, finds, he, he finds that the paperwork and so forth is a lot more than he actually anticipated. <laughs> the paperwork so that's, so being king. Oh, there's a lot of paperwork here. It's I terrible. Well, no, the queen did her boxes every single day, you know, dedicated every morning to doing that. So that's actually one of the reasons why he's not able to spend much time doing other things. Uh, I think he does have an agenda to change the monarchy and reform it. Uh, I don't think he's had time yet because, you know, it's only been his first year, but I think we're seeing evidence of that. Uh, we'll, we'll probably see Balmoral being turned into a museum. Buckingham Palace may never properly become a, a royal residence again, we'll, apart from for official functions, mm -hmm. those sorts of things. I think he's been very, he was very strict with Prince Andrew from the outset, mm -hmm. and I think that's what's been, has gone down well with the public. And now that that's been done, he's sort of welcoming Andrew back into the family mm -hmm. uh, whilst ensuring that he's kept on a tight leash. And I think he's handled as best as he can his relationship with uh, with, Harry, with Harry and Meghan. So I think he gets, you know, uh, a gold star in terms of his first year. How do you think it's going to go over the next few years for him in terms of the first year is the first year and, it, and it's different to all the others because it's, it's new and he's settling into the role. Do, do, do you feel... I think, as I feel, that he's he's just going to become more and more irrelevant in terms of in terms of what's going on or not. I don't see irrelevant. I mean, you know, f f one of the strange things with lots of people, the people who were criticising him over the last twenty years should have been his natural allies, people mm. on the left, for example. Mm. You know, so his next thing he's starting is a. Uh, uh, turning food into energy and so forth, and using waste mm. food and all the, this sort of thing. So I think a lot of the causes that he espouses are very much in tune with mm. with a certain element of the population. So I don't see him being coming irrelevant, mm. uh, but he has a new role to create, mm. and every monarch puts their own stamp on it, and uh, remains to be seen quite what, what his will be. Yeah, I think, I mean, from my point of view, I mean, <coughs> in some ways, um, if you take the very long perspective, I, you know, going right back to the 1970s, and the, say like the time of the Queen's Silver Jubilee and everything, um, <clears throat> if you'd said that we had a monarchy in 2023, uh, a lot of people would have, no, it'll be gone by then. I mean, that, that was the whole mm. emphasis was that somehow its time was limited, you know. Um, okay, you know, uh, not saying, you know, whether you wanted it or not, and here we are. And what surprised me really about the whole thing was how smooth it was, actually. Mm. Okay, there were some demonstrations at the coronation in mm. May, mm. but basically not that many, really. And actually, you, I think you've made this point right before, that republicanism, you know, if it can't do its job then, then it's never going to do it. Mm. it you know, here we are, you know, after 60 years, that would have been the perfect time, wouldn't not to say, let's call a halt if you were of that mind. Mm. Um, but in fact, it all went incredibly smoothly, didn't it? Mm. I mean, the yeah. coronation went smooth. I mean, what did you think of that looking back? When I look at it now, I remember David Starkey said this actually, is that, you know, it was meant to be a sort of cut price coronation. 
actually the intimacy of the cameras mm. made it quite grand mm. actually you know when you saw all the royals standing be and he walks in front of them and they all they all bow or curtsy and everything and suddenly you thought oh, good lord this must come as completely new to or millions of people, actually. I, thought, I, I mean, I thought it was extraordinary. I yeah. thought the coronation mm -hmm. was extraordinary. Yeah. And as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm fully supportive mm -hmm. of the king and the royal family. I'm just, and I take on board everything you say. Mm. I'm just not that keen on Charles as a person, no, you know. No. And I can't, I can't really change that. But the pomp and ceremony, I thought, that's where we need to go. More of it, you know. Yeah. We need to demonstrate our grandeur, our traditions, our heritage. Mm. Um, and I just worry, as as time goes on, all of that's going to go by the wayside for all of the, the the social justice. You know, him trying to kind of square that circle of of of, of monarchy and social justice, and and all of the energy that's going to go into that. But also, just I mean, I don't. You know, this whole thing of cutting down the palace is making Balmoral a. Mm. Museum and, and they're not using Windsor as much and, and, and Buckingham. I, I think it's the wrong way to go for mm. the, those reasons. Um, but also because it's like saying we are more peripheral now. Mm. You know, I don't mind the smaller monarchy. Although, what did strike me is when you saw those photographs of the coronation in May, mm. um, how old the supporting cast was. Mm. Yeah, and the Queen was the, was the was an imperial monarch. You know, yes. given the era in which she was born in, mm. and she had you know she used all of these royal residences. But, you know, the king is, I suppose, realising that if you're going to have a slimline monarchy, you can't justify having that many properties when mm, you literally yeah. don't have as many people around. Mm. Uh, but, you know, look, over 60% of the public still support the monarchy yeah. very strongly. It's only 37% of, of people under 30 who support the monarchy. But it's actually, it's an equal number on the other side. So it's 37, 30. So it's actually evenly matched mm. with a lot of don't knows in the middle as well there. And most interestingly of all, though, is that monarchists are very passionate about keeping the monarchy yeah. republicans are very apathetic about becoming a republic so that at the end of the day well, is probably were. going to be the saving grace that very only 20 percent of, of republicans are really keen on it whereas yeah. 70 percent of monarchists actually yeah. really want to stay a monarchy well, particularly now you've had your big chance do you know what i mean mm. you've had your big mm. chance mm. and you blew it mm. you know, or rather it just simply wasn't the demand there Simple as that, wouldn't it? Uh, one of the very last pictures that uh, we had of the Queen, in fact, the last picture, uh, was in fact her um, welcoming to Balmoral Liz Truss. Uh, we, shouldn't, we should end on, the, on this note. Uh, it was a year ago that Liz Truss started. Did, was, it, was that a, a bullet dodged or was that a missed opportunity looking back, do you think? I think culturally uh, she was negligible, she wouldn't have made a difference. How She was in, in, in office for, I think, 49 days. 49. She was a 49-day wonder. Economically, uh, she's active, she's, <coughs> she's part of this new growth coalition thing, isn't she? Yeah. Maybe, given more time, she would have been, um, it would have been um, uh, an opportunity. It's difficult to say, isn't it? Is, mm. you know, what, what would have happened? We don't know, because anything can happen at any time. Yeah. We saw that with COVID. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen that with various other things. Um, all I think is that the, um, the Conservative Party, I don't think it matters who's in charge now. The Conservative Party is just grinding to a halt. This is the dying embers of, of a, a, a dying regime. And uh, I think the sooner it dies, the better. What about you, man? Yeah, well, uh, did, did we dodge a bullet? I mean... <laughs> 
That's like asking, did you, would you want leprosy or cholera? You know, <laughs> which would you rather have? I mean, I've, I've loathed, uh, I've, I've loathed the trust since the, the moment uh, she was uh, speaking at the conference talking about cheese, if you remember. Oh, no, before um, that. Or the Lib Dem. She was the Liberal Party. Yes, but precisely, she's a Lib Dem at heart. She's a neoliberal, doesn't have a conservative bone in her body. Uh, she is a you know a neoconservative if you want to put it at the, at the very most polite. But nothing in her past shows to me that she's a high Tory or a small C conservative who understands the need to preserve our communities and so forth. So I was appalled when the great mass of Tory party members were so taken mm. in by her, mm. uh, recasting herself as the Iron Lady with these terrible photo shoots and such an awkward woman mm. that I just simply couldn't understand how people were fooled by her. Now, having said all of that, <coughs> look, also I should say that this is part of her plan was to increase immigration, you know, one of the, as one of the key drivers of the economy. But then again, we have a Prime Minister who's dedicated now to stopping immigration, and he's not achieving that at all. So, it's, I mean, the, the, so point that's the point is, is, it's is the Tory whatever party, you get, it doesn't matter. Whatever does you get is a bad hand, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. of course, the, the reality is, I'm not an economist. Uh, I think it's clear that the plan, whether it would have worked or not, was terribly implemented and it showed how immature and how uh, incompetent and ineffective and mm. unsuited for office she was by the way it was handled. Mm. Now the plan may have worked if it was put in better, but I'm actually not somebody who's in favour of huge tax cuts. I actually believe in a welfare state and I believe in society, so for, for that reason also I'm not a great supporter no. of hers. I think, I mean, that what we've had since though basically is it's of, it's of no consequence really. I mean, mm. I just feel that everything they do now is with one eye on an election that they're going to lose. Mm. You know, it's just interesting, isn't it? In some ways, almost just from a sociological point of view, how somebody who was so inept and so obviously not suited to the task mm. um, became lead, became prime minister. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think know? there's a lot there in the mechanism, isn't there? Which was yeah. just a crazy mechanism yeah. to, to 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 get her to the place, the first place. But if you think about, you know, what, what was you going on the back of uh, Theresa May? You know, so the, the, that's not the most. But the legacy, I'll just say that, that I think the legacy of <coughs> of, of Liz Truss is handing uh, Keir Starmer perhaps a majority, mm -hmm. because if you remember when when Sunak, uh, when when she took over from Boris Johnson, the Tories were doing pretty well in the polls. I mean, not amazing, but they were fine. It was the response to Liz Truss, well, the market's response to Liz Truss, that punctured what was, of course, the, the Tories' main claim to fame, which was being safe guardians of the economy. Yeah. And Sunak has never been able to recover. And I, I, I wondered where Sunak would be today if he had succeeded Boris initially. Yeah. No, I mean, well, anyway, she's she's sort of hanging on somewhere, isn't she? She's got this thing, this, this, uh, this, this think tank yeah. going. Yes, um, but um, they don't fade away, do they? Um, on that note, well, thank you very much. Right. for Thanks very much, Ray. Short one this week, but... Um, we shall see you next time and uh, yeah, well, keep watching. Take care. Bye. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website, newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever and we have great plans ahead for the future, but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, 
invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.